Hi, and welcome to Coffee and Pearls, 15 minutes of wisdom for Catholic moms. I'm Sterling Jaquith, and in this second part of our Ecclesiastes study, I want to talk about how there is a season for everything. And that's such an apt message for us right now, because a lot of us you know, we're gearing up to do something with this particular spring and now we can't. And maybe we had travel plans for the summer and now those are uncertain. And we have this idea that, wow, I should be able to do that. And it probably feels very frustrating. But God says, there is a season for everything. So in chapter three, I'll just read this. You just sit back and listen. I'm just going to read this first part of chapter three, which I think is also something really beautiful that you could print out or find a printable and hang in your home. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? And I'm sure we can see value in these verses anytime we read them, no matter what you're going through in your life. But for me, you know, they were really so poignant for right now. And thinking, it had me asking, what is this a good time for? And what is this not a good time for? And I think that answer is going to be so different for each one of us that I I don't even really want to share what I've decided to focus on because I really don't want you to think that there's a right thing or a wrong thing to focus on right now. But I want you to ask yourself that question. In this season, however long it lasts, what is it a time for? And what is it not a time for? And you could even sit and and kind of scribble out some of these things on a piece of paper, any kind of goal you could think of, whether it's, you know, school goals, discipline goals, marriage goals, house projects, food goals, exercise, uh, learning something new, curtailing a bad habit. There's so many things that come to my mind when I think about what I want to accomplish and who I want to be and how I want to grow. And sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Instead of bringing a lightness into my life, it feels like a heavy weight on my chest. And so I don't want that for you. What I want is for you to to write the things down and then just begin to circle the things that you think might 
be good for this season and cross out the things that are not good for this season. And again, it's going to be different for each one of us based on the willpower we're having to expend on the things we can't control. So for those of you that are trying to work full-time jobs while being home with your young children or any children at all, so you're still having to do your job, but now you're just doing it from home with the kids, that's insane, okay? That's crazy. People who work from home don't even do that, right? People who work from home all the time, they've put money or barriers or physical barriers even in the house so that their life isn't integrated with the lives of the children. A lot of people who work from home have a spouse that is home all the time taking care of the children or a nanny, okay? I don't know anyone who works eight hours a day from home with kids without significant help. So if that's you right now, nothing else, okay? Nothing else that's difficult. You are just making it through and trying to get that done, okay? For me, I'm not trying to do that, right? I'm homeschooling the kids all the time. My husband's home. It's spring, so he's home about half the day right now. Half the day he goes out and does some things, and half the day he's home. And... So I don't have actually a lot of extra stress. A little bit my mind chews on our business problem, but I'm really learning to set that down and just go, hey, I'm giving that to God. I'm not even thinking about it. And so for me, I'm looking at what I can accomplish with the kids and with myself in this time. And maybe some of you are not working from home, but suddenly your children are home. Well, what can you do with them? How can you use this as an opportunity to get to know them a little bit better, learn more about how they, they do school? You might need to set down some of the things that you are trying to accomplish yourself during the day and pick up their stuff for a little while. And your stuff is going to come back. We're not going to live like this forever. And six months feels like a long time. And by the way, I don't think it'll be six months, but I like to shoot long and just say like, what if you had to give up something you were really enjoying doing for six months? Oh, how does that feel? And if it feels too painful, then I'd say, all right, can you do it before the kids wake up or can you integrate the kids into that practice? If it's reading, I'd have them read at the same time. If it's exercise, see if you can, you know, give them some two pound weights and let them exercise right next to you. If it's cooking, and let me tell you guys, I really don't like cooking with the kids, but if that were important to me, I would just slow down and I'd say, great, I'm going to take an hour and a half to cook this meal instead of 45 minutes, and I'm going to do it with the kids, and I'm going to slow down, and I'm going to invite them to do this with me, and I'm going to use up some willpower on watching my kids break eggs poorly and spill things on the floor and touch everything and lick their fingers and then touch more things. So maybe on a day that I choose to do that, I don't also try to do a really difficult CrossFit workout. Me personally, I couldn't probably do those two things in one day. Just not a time constraint, it's a willpower constraint, okay? So we're still in chapter three of Ecclesiastes and we move on. And God says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity into a man's mind. Yet, 
so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And I love this verse because it makes me feel like I'm not crazy, right? God has put eternity into our mind and we want so badly to grasp that. I think it's why so many of us, we feel like we want to live these big, huge, loud lives, lives of greatness, lives that echo into eternity. We have this this idea that that's what we should be doing because God planted eternity into our hearts. But then he puts us into this box. He says, here's your box. You only get 70 years. Your box is not eternal. And you have to figure out what you need to be doing within the box. And if you can walk with me and if you can trust me and if you can... Give your heart to me for the time that you're in the box. I'll take the box away and you can live with me forever and eternity. That's amazing. And then in the next chapter, he in the next section, not yet the next chapter, he talks about justice. And it says, In the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. That should ring very true for all of us right now. I think we're seeing a tremendous amount of corruption and twisted power going along with this coronavirus thing. We're doing a ton of good work and we're protecting people. We're taking care of people. But then there's also always a subset of people that take a power grab and use it for things that they should not be using it for. There will always be wickedness in places of justice, and there will always be wickedness in places of righteousness. And we see this in the Catholic Church. We know that a lot of bishops are corrupt and that the hierarchy in Rome allows a lot of things to happen. And this happens all the time. Like this isn't a a Pope Francis thing. This isn't a post-Vatican II thing. Like just anytime you give a bunch of power to people, a certain subset of them are going to abuse that power. It will always be a problem. And I'm glad that the Bible says right here that there will always be a problem because then we don't have to feel like aghast that this is happening. And it doesn't mean that we can turn away from it either. It is our job to root out evil and shine a light on it and say, this is not okay. But it's to be expected. It goes on to say, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for he has appointed a time for every matter and for every work. So also rest easy knowing that even if the justice we want to see is not handed down during our lifetimes, that God will take care of it when God is ready to take care of it. And it might be after a certain person dies and we may not be able to see it at all. And that's okay. All are from dust and all turn to dust again. We've got to remember God made us for eternity and yet we're living in this this earth-sized life. And that explains a little bit about why we are so frustrated. 
And it ends chapter three by saying, there's nothing better than that a man should enjoy his work. And it always comes back to that. No matter what you're reading, something from the saints, something from a self-help book. I was just reading something by John Maxwell, which was so fantastic. John Maxwell's written so many books. Just pick one up. They're all fantastic. And they all pretty much say the same thing. Be present. Do your work. Figure out what your work is and do it. And sometimes that's a frustrating answer because we know that our work is kind of yucky or mundane. Just showing up, doing the same thing every day and it feels so pointless. And yet that's exactly what Ecclesiastes is saying. Just do the work. God's given you the work. Just do it. You know, if you want an apple, you don't plant a seed and then run out the very next day looking for your apple. God has planted eternity into our hearts and he's asking that we wait. We wait for the right time when he's going to call us home. And if we've done our work, that we get to live forever with him. So we move on to chapter four. And in chapter four, he says, better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and striving after the wind. And so what it's saying here is not that we should have quietness or work. It's He's saying it's better to work less or to have a little bit of quietness in our life than to hustle and work super hard and strive after the wind, okay? So sometimes it's easy to get caught up in, you know, investments or college funds or 401ks um, or just, you know, working really hard to make more money when in reality what we could do is just decrease our expenses and live more simply. And we're spending all of this time and energy and it's not feeling great. And even though we're working, you'd say, Sterling, I work so hard. I work so much. And I would say, but are you working that much because you're also striving after the wind? Or can you let some of that go? Is that vision that you have, is it really God's vision for you? Or is it your attempt to find this eternal greatness anywhere you can? And I think sometimes we chase after the the retirement stuff and the investment stuff or the college fund stuff because it sounds grand. And I'm not against those things, but I think we can have an unhealthy attachment to them. And I think it's it's pricking that desire for eternity. We don't understand eternity. Our minds can't really process it. So it's an echo of that concept to think, well, I'm, I'm planning for my retirement, which is 40 years out. And we get a little too hooked into that idea when what we really want is to be planning for eternity. It is better to have a handful of quietness and two hands full of toil and striving after the wind. God says this over and over and over again. Make time for peace and silence in your life. 
That is what your soul needs. It is what your heart wants and is what your mind needs in order for God to speak to you and tell you what you should be doing. And we completely have the power and the ability to hear what God wants us to do. And if you can't hear him right now, I'm going to go right back to how much time are you spending in prayer with your Bible and in silence. I was listening to a class with John Maxwell and one of the things he said, so he's a, he was a Protestant pastor for a long time. And one of the things he said is don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself. He said, when we listen to ourselves, we're just, we're terrible sinners, horrible pessimists. We're so mean to ourselves. And he said, don't listen to yourself. You're going to get it wrong every time. He goes, instead, talk to yourself. Fill your head with scripture. Fill your head with God's praise. Fill your head with the eternal things. Stay focused on those things. Give yourself pep talks all the time. And that can be about Catholic things like, hey, we got to pray the rosary. We got to do it. Or it can be about healthy things. Hey, make sure you're drinking enough water. We're taking care of this temple for God. Okay? Don't listen to yourself. Talk to yourself. And I think that's why I feel so drawn to Ecclesiastes right now is because it seems like the person who wrote it was like kind of a, a pessimist. And he was a little bit bitter about things, even though he was doing all the right things or he thought he was. And so I really identify with this guy. And again, we don't know who really wrote it, but I really like it because, I don't know, it just, it's so similar to how I feel sometimes, where I'm trying to find greatness or something beautiful or eternal life, but I'm going about, about it the wrong way by working on the wrong things. And working is good, and that's why we can get twisted up about that, because we think, yep, I'm doing the right things, I'm working. But if we can get a little still and get a little quiet and ask God, he's going to come in and say, yes, Sterling, but there is a time for everything. Better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and striving after the wind. Ladies, I want you to make your list. Make a list of everything you think you should be doing right now. And then I want you to go through and cross off all the things that clearly it is not the time for. You will know that instinctually. And then what's left, see if you can make time for that. All right, ladies, thank you so much for listening to Coffee and Pearls and have a blessed day.